tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And what about combining our storytelling and our creativity to promote social good, to overcome some of the issues and challenges we face in our world today? And that's the focus of the creativity of our next guest, Alia Lanius. Hello, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you. And uh, Worldwide Travels, we've been going from Stockholm to New York to Johannesburg to Vietnam. And today we're stamping our creative passport in Southern California. And I think we just start off, you're founder of this great company called Unsugarcoated Media. And I guess the unsugarcoated part are some of the difficult social challenges that your program deals with. Tell us a little bit more. Well, yeah, Unsugarcoated Media is a 501c3 media production enterprise. We use print, uh, we use podcasting, we use events, as well as short film to create social impact through storytelling. And what I love about it, I actually trademarked Unsugarcoated, okay, because, you know, it also does represent a time in my life where I even felt as an advocate, I only choose to speak unsugarcoated on social issues. And I, and I do believe as creatives, we have a responsibility. We have this immense gift that I think comes with accountability to use it to create social impact, a positive social impact in everything. You know, every, every time someone comes to me with a piece of work or an art or something, and I'm always, my first question is, what's the message, right? Mm. What's the message? If you're just creating a story just to tell it, well, then that's different. But for me, it's, there's always a message within it, even if it's fictional. So that's where it started off. And I founded that in 2019. Here we are in 2022. We've done some amazing shorts. We continue to work. We're, we just wrapped our 10th season of Unsugar Coded with Alia, the podcast, I um, social good podcast I produced. But what, guess what? We're also taking that uh, at the end of summer, we'll be going with a full audience. We're actually gonna be moving to a live studio audience and growing that show. Again, social good. And the last thing I wanna say to that is the other important part of what we do is we provide a place where other creatives can come and collaborate with us, knowing that the goal is social impact. Because mm -hmm. I have a lot of people who join our company because they, that's what they wanna do. You know, Again, they don't wanna just throw something out there to the wind. They want it to have meaning, they want it to land, uh, and they want it to impact people's lives. Mm -hmm. Well, and the storytelling part, we'll start there. You had had multiple awards for your novels and things like that. And then, of course, your passion for the social good, particularly with trauma survivors, as I've listened to some of the programs. When did these things merge? When did you say, I've got to use the creativity and the power of the medium to tell the stories of these people? Well, Mark, to be quite honest, you know, in 2014, I found myself single as a mother of three, um, not uncommon actually, you know, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of marriages do end in divorce, can end in divorce, and I love a happily ever after tale, but the reality is for the people who do experience trauma, um, validation through storytelling does a lot, it empowers someone. And so at a time in my life when I could really do anything, I decided to use my skill of writing. I had already previously built very multiple successful businesses and 
I've always been a good writer. I was, always, in fact, even in undergrad, it was like, you're such a good writer. Some of my professors would be like, you've written pieces that are better than anything I've written in all my years of teaching. And, and I didn't give myself credit for my own ability, right? And so when I decided that I was going to sit down and write my first novel, I, it did depict uh, by a lot, my, it's a biographical fiction novel because it is depicting my life. It does depict domestic violence. It does um, depict a toxic relationship and, and the journey of a woman who gives herself permission to leave that toxic relationship. The reason why that was important to me, Mark, and I'll tell you how that came is when I was going through the divorce, a lot of people would reach out to me. I mean, I've been a leader in my community and somebody who's shared a bit of my experiences, especially with regards to cancer. When I went through the divorce, a lot of people were surprised, right? And I say, because I kind of came from that, everyone loved my life from the pictures mm -hmm. that I put on Facebook. Everybody right. thought I was perfect. There can't oh my be God. anything wrong going on here. <laughs> we want Alia's life. And yeah. then when I would share, people would say, wow, you're empowering me. So I thought, well, how much more could I empower you if you know the truth? And if I could share a bit more, but like a lot of people, I decided to put that in my work and in this effort, this um, care package, if you will, for the mm -hmm. world. And also to, uh, to further even create my own legacy as well as an, as a person, as an individual. So those two few, two things fused um, in 2017 was the first year. No, excuse me. Cause I had my child 2017, <laughs> I had my, a real child in 2017, February 18th, uh, 2018. I launched my first novel, March, 2019. I launched my second novel. That one won three international awards for its hard hitting message on racism and things like that. And just, although it's, it's a humanitarian message, not a political one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's won the awards and it also represents multiculturalism. So all these things for me definitely resonated. And I'll just say this, you know, before I hand it back to you is that I read a very powerful story when I was 18 years old, it changed my life. It was Maya Angelou's, I know why the cage bird sings, reading her story, reading her vulnerability, provided a life raft that I cannot even begin to explain to you at a time when I needed it most. And ultimately my goal with Unsugarcoated Media is to continue to do the same with my works as well as other works. Mm -hmm. I can see how that would influence this. And I guess from a creative standpoint, as the story process, I mean, something underneath Unsugarcoated says, you're going to get it all. You're going to get the, the tough stuff, the ugly stuff, the sometimes uh, painful, embarrassing, you know, whatever it might be. How do you keep it from being just the sort of trials and tribulations story and turn it into an empowerment? Certainly the connection you describe, people want to know they're not alone. And so reading somebody else's story that might uh, reflect some of their own experiences is helpful. But how do you turn the page then to sort of bring a message of hope and uh, possibilities. I mean, I think once again, just being inspired by my life, like knowing that there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel in, in my story, that's what I chose to focus on. Like you just said, yes, there's the heartbreak, there's the crying, there's the moments that are very difficult. In fact, I even had one person read my first novel and one of the most real and honest scenes about domestic violence, she thought was fake. And she's like, oh, well, that's a little over the top. And I'm like, I'm sorry if you don't realize that over the top is actually what happens in some people's lives. That's okay, but this is the truth. But at the same token, like you said, it's like you move through that into the hopefulness. And for me as an individual, 
I operate on hope every single day. Uh, I continue to in my own life. I'm a three-time cancer survivor. I could get that call again any day. You know, and people are like, oh, you, you, they want to clap for me. And yes, we clap and we celebrate the milestones, but I have a pulse, right? <laughs> so things can change any minute. And so the way that my process goes through, yes, like you said, in the messaging, when I sit down and decide what is the story I want to tell, even in the most traumatic, I want there to be that sense of hope. And I mean, I just can say that I purposefully do put those, even in my second novel, which has a very tragic point towards the end, at the very end, you're still seeing hope. You're still seeing the glimmer of humanity and the beauty of it. It's so important. Well, yeah. and you make me wonder how, I mean, we're, we're talking about novels and podcasts and things now, but you know, creative artists of all genres, of all mediums, uh, what might you encourage us to do? Say if you're a photographer, you might be a painter, you might be a musician. How could we use our creativity and storytelling powers to also promote issues that might be important to us? I mean, I think there's there's so many different ways, Mark. Like, I mean, musicians have such power. You create a song and then you pair that with visuals that go deeper right? Um, or even with books, like I think that for books, a lot of novelists, they don't take the opportunity to create some sort of visual that helps extend its or, you know, further its impact. And, you know, I mean, but overall, there's just, it, it is about you and what you want to provide to the world independently as an artist. And, you know, however you go about that process, it just, it has to be intentional. Like, I don't sit down with a team of individuals and say, okay, we're going to create this, you know, this short film and it's not going to have uh, a message behind it. Like, that's at the forefront. What is the message? So once you get that down, you, you know, really, there's so many things you can do. And with painting, I mean, and this is the other thing. If you wanted to have a social message, then get in the places because there are so many, like I said earlier, so many people that social impact is a thing. I was recently... Um, uh, there's an event that'll be coming up in the summer. I can't say the dates because it's not hard to find yet, but it's all about women creating social impact. Like that's it. So if you're an artist, look for these type of events, getting, you know, as a filmmaker and as a producer, we get out to South by Southwest. As I shared with you, we're getting yes. ready to leave for Cannes Film Festival tomorrow. And I also think that in, as an artist, you have to show up to these spaces and say, this is important to me. This is what I want to happen. And, and if I don't see it, then I'm going to start creating a wave myself. Like there's that option too, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, I always think about the influences uh, in our early careers. I know the first few of my jobs, you know, they still resonate with me even today. And as I look down the bottom of your resume, you've got A&R for uh, music companies and working with a lot of truly name brand artists. Uh, what about their creative process or just being in their creative orbit? influenced you and your career going forward? Well, interestingly enough, um, because of my background and, and, you know, I don't, without going too much, you know, I was homeless at 14 years old and mm. I've been on my own since I was 14 years old, largely, or at least uh, under the care of people outside of my home. And one of the things that I loved about being in the music industry and yes, working with, uh, on promotional tours, I've worked with artists like Boys to Men, Mary J. Blige, Alia, Genuine, like those, these were back in the day. And 
And the thing is, is that what I loved about the experience was that if you worked hard and you showed up, you could grow. And it was because of that, though, I entered adulthood, like er, <laughs> a little bit yeah. of a crash landing. <laughs> Once I recovered and started to find my flow and what I was good at and where I could excel at, I found that these were industries that just, yeah, it was really about the intention you brought and how hard you worked and the people you surrounded yourself with, right? Like the formula to success. And those gave me opportunities. And that's why my first business by the time I was 22 years old was actually managing and assisting um, campaigns for large artists when they came into the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as throughout the United States. And mm -hmm. I just say that being, okay, oh, so going back to, you know, I know something more specifically. So unsugarcoated comes from unplugged. Unplugged music was one of the most beautiful things that I experienced. It was raw. It was real. And that very heavily influenced me mm -hmm. when it came to deciding really what, you know, when people, who are you, what are you? I am unsugarcoated. And I, and I definitely was influenced by being around music artists and hearing what authenticity really sounded like. I love that. Well, and you mentioned Mary J. Blige. She just received a Billboard Music Award, sort of one of these lifetime achievement type awards, but for her influence, not just, you know, that you made your own hits. Um, well, I think we as creatives could take more of a note of that, that yes, we want the awards and yes, we want our own gold records or plaques on the wall. But what about influencing those around us? And not just that we can say back in the day, that was great music. But what, it, what are you doing to help artists today? Yeah, I got to say something to that because it's so true. People in this influence, right? I'm an influencer and we're all influencers. Of if you're a parent, you're an influencer. <laughs> you know? If you're technically- Does it not matter how many likes you get right? every day? <laughs> yep. You, 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 and, and a lot of people, some of the biggest names I know, they don't care about a blue check mark on their IG. They don't care about how many likes. That's not truly reflective of your influence in the world. You can walk into the store and smile at somebody and have an influence on somebody who might be about to take their life, you, your influence is not dictated by the number at the top of, a page, of any page. But what I love about what you said is the recognition that our influence, it, it does go through our art. And that's why I say it's such a powerful responsibility. I had shared a story one day about an experience I went through. And this woman came back and sent me in a message because she, I'll share with you two, two instances, but this woman in particular, she had a tattoo of a spider put on her hand, a tattoo because of a story that I told about a, a spider that had lost its leg, but was still fighting and kept going. It, it, was, it was all related to um, when I was dealing with cancer and, and a fellow cancer fighter who her son comes in with a little spider, his leg is broken. He's like, look, mom, the spider's still fighting just like you. It changed her whole perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So I shared this story. This woman went and got a tattoo. She was dealing with her own health challenges. Wasn't even cancer. It was a chronic illness. Um, and she told me that the story had inspired her so much that she wanted to look at that spider with a broken leg on her hand to be reminded. A second story after I had published my first novel that a woman wrote to me and said, I've now decided I'm gonna file divorce for divorce from an abusive husband after reading your story because that's how much I feel empowered. And to that point, 
when I wrote my book, a lot of times people would say, so was it very cathartic writing your novel? Was it cathartic? Was it cathartic? And I'd always say, no, 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 no. For me, quite the opposite. For me, I was healed when I went wrote that book, Mark. It was not, you know, a tell-all. It wasn't a, you know, it, it was, it was an you experience. You weren't writing it just to get it out. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. it was to empower others. And that's what influence really is. When you empower the right people to see their own brilliance, to see their own capacity, and to potentially even see a life past trauma, right? So, and sadness and difficulty, hence every sad love song, you know, every <laughs> romantic comedy out there. Um, yeah, that, that, that's how influence rings with me and how seriously I take it. And I see that we, it extends more than like just what people think it does. Yes, I agree. Well, let's talk about building community and collaborators. You mentioned that you know, your media company can also attract uh, other people looking to tell their stories, but what kind of circle of supporters and collaborators have you had to build? Because this is not a one-person job. Isn't that a one-woman company? <laughs> so let's no. talk about that. Yeah, no company should be by one person. Then you become the bottleneck. <laughs> That's when things go wrong. No, I'm very thankful. I've had amazing people in my journey. One of my greatest supporters I have to mention is Larry Namer, the co-founder of E! Entertainment. He has been uh, a guiding voice for me as somebody in the TV world and who's been extremely successful at it and somebody I really respect. Um, my husband has been a great supporter. My husband is a filmmaker, major motion picture uh, filmmaker, uh, he's done films with names such as Zac Efron, Nicole Kidman, um, Robert De Niro. He just recently did ones with Keanu Reeves, Lily Collins, Tiffany Haddish, Oscar Isaac. You know, I mean, some, some names that are familiar to some people out there. But what I love is he's quite humble. And I say this very, like, honestly, he's quite humble and a great guy. But having his support, having him know, you know, having him turn to me and say, whatever it is that you need, I've got you, I've got your back, that that makes a huge difference for me. And then on top of it, like you said, I mean, I think that when you radiate, and when you are putting out to the universe and putting out to the world what you're doing, it's not a problem to attract, you become a magnet for the things that you want and the collaborators that you're hoping for, you know, and for me, that's been it. So a lot of the people that we collaborated with, I mean, Karina Miller, Karina, Keanu Reeves' sister has, has uh, collaborated with us and just uh, Michael Yislin, the, the creator of Batman. I mean, just incredible people that come and show up and then they offer their time to the events that we hold um, and to the uh, products that we produce. Like, you know, those are, and then, and then the community. I mean, I would, not, I would not be sitting here doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for the people who consume our content and then turn around and let me know we're doing the right thing and, and we're hitting, we're resonating with them. We're resonating with them. So that yeah, I mean. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I asked because I mean it's always a network and people talk about the who you knows you know and uh, it's not just about you know literally who you know but the idea of building this community or this network around you to make these things uh, viable yeah yeah I mean community is everything and you know people always say that the the saying your network is your net worth. And mm -hmm. to some extent that's true, but I think that what's more important is that if you're trying to go higher, if you're like, for example, that's why Larry and not a lot of people know Larry's name or even Michael Yuslin. These are people that they don't understand. They're the, the brain behind yes. this magic, you know? 
And, um, but Larry, you know, he's been so successful on TV. So this is why I'm saying you want to put yourself aligned with people who know the journey you're trying to take. You know, you can't go to somebody who's never run a successful entertainment company or even a network and then say, how do I do this? How right? do I make a network? Yeah. How do I make a network? They're going to be like, I don't know, go to somebody who's done it. Well, that's the point. That's, that's, that is very critical to what you're trying to do. So it's not just about putting people around you that sound cool on, you know, and, and, and make you think you look good. It's about putting people around you that can actually help elevate you and get you to where it is that you're going. Perfect. Well, Ali, I've got one last question before we close, but uh, I'd like to make sure people know where to find you and uh, follow you and learn more about your company and your work overall. Thank you so much, Mark. So I'm really a one-stop girl. I'm not going to lie. IG, unsugarcoated, Alia underscore unsugarcoated, unsugarcoatedmedia.com is the website. It's very easy. I'll tell you how much, this is how people should know. This is not, this is a, not about me. Though I am part of the brand, I'm actually absolutely the brand. I am the Oprah of unsugarcoated <laughs> media. However, I've never done alialanius.com. I don't point people to that because that's, this is, again, this is part of my legacy. It's not just about me. I'm looking for people who are be part of this vision and then they'll get handed down, you know, like this is an ongoing journey that will go beyond me, but it's not just about me. This is, this is really about everybody else. So uncheckercoded media. <laughs> we'll definitely do that. Well, as we think about our creativity and we've used the word a lot in this last uh, few minutes, journey. You know, I can't help but think about the journeys, the lives of the creative people who might be listening. And you've experienced so much yourself, the homelessness, the you know, trauma of domestic abuse, the cancer fight, and yet there's a resilience. Let's end on that high note, because it's, it is an unsugarcoated life most of us lead. And if we let everybody see behind the, <laughs> the fake Zoom background, you never know what we might see. But give, give us your insight and experience of how you were able to, I guess, navigate that journey and maintain your high creative energy. There's a couple of things. One of them is understanding that my brain, it needs to be updated. My belief systems, like I come from a great, you know, family background, great family, amazing family, actually. I had the most amazing experiences as a child. But I also had traumatic ones, largely because of outdated belief systems that they didn't really grow with. So for me, it's not about, it's what I've learned and what I've taken away from the experiences and how I can learn to be better, how I can learn to be more emotionally intelligent. I read. Somebody actually asked me what a book I recommend. And I'll tell you, actually, it's The Alchemist. The Alchemist. It's a fictional book, but it's so powerful, Fantastic. right? Every time I read that, there's like a light, a fire under my butt. <laughs> it's just like, okay, what is my purpose, right? And so it's about understanding that you, you want to grow and you want to upgrade your belief systems, understand yourself better so that you can be more powerful, so that you can be more concerted on whatever the effort is you're trying to do. And for me, it's opening myself up to the realization, like I said, that I will keep growing until the day I die. I've upgraded my belief systems, Mark, but they're going to be upgraded again in the next 10 years, hopefully, because that's the evolution that becomes our revolution and how we can stand here. I think that's what's so beautiful about aging, right? I'm a grandmother. I'm a grandmother, a mother of four. 
before and people are like, wait, what? No How? way. No. Yes, I love it. I love it. Natural grandmother. See, this is from my oldest daughter who's 25. And I think that people need to understand that it's a continual growth. There's no such thing as failing. There's only trying so long as you learn to fail forward. And I think that is part of the creative process, right? And learning about yourself. And I think that that is the most powerful thing for me is to take the time to understand myself, know myself, and then keep growing, keep growing this time. So that, and, and, you know, to your last point, sorry, on resilience, there's for a good that a bad doesn't come, even in the most tragic misfortunes, sometimes it takes 20 years, maybe more to see, to look back. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, don't look back. Listen, only look back to see how far you've come mm -hmm. and recognize that. That is my, you know, big thing. And, and sometimes it takes so long to see that, but there's always hope and the hope is you. So thank you so much for Some having stuff. me sharing with your, your audience. Absolutely. Mark. No, and thanks for sharing uh, the journey. You know, we often talk about the creative process, but then you've, you've intertwined our life journey you know, with the creative process and how one can feed the other. And I, it's very helpful. Well, my guest has been Alia Lenius. Alia, can't thank you enough. What a great conversation. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I hope to see you again. Oh, we will. Well, let me know how it goes in uh, Khan. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll be following IG to see the uh, pictures from the French Riviera and all the beautiful scenery and beautiful people. <laughs> and I'll be excited to share. It'll be the first time back in two years. We're normally there, but of course, yes. with the pandemic. So a lot of people, everyone's showing up. We're ready to go. It should be quite a party. Well, Ali Alanius has show, shared us about social good creativity. She's got a great media company called Unsugarcoated Media, and we'll be sure to check it out. And this is just the kind of podcast we want to continue to bring you about how we get inspired for new ideas, but also how we organize those ideas and begin to think about the community and begin to think about the structure of our stories, but then ultimately how we gain the confidence and the connections to launch the work out into the world. And that's what we're all about. So come back again next time. We'll continue our around the world travels. I'm Mark Stenson, and we'll be unlocking your world of creativity. Bye for now. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. Hey, it's Laura Lovelight. And if you're enjoying Unlock Your World of Creativity, make sure to check out my new show, The Allura Show, on Roku and Amazon Fire TV.